This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Welcome to Total Saints Podcast, episode 108. I hope you're all keeping safe and well wherever you are in the world and uh, most importantly staying at home. Uh, it's been a bit of a roller coaster week here actually, trying to work uh, while also homeschooling a four and a six year old. So I think a big shout out to all the saintly mums and dads around the world that are following suit. Keep up the good work guys. Before we get going, I'd also like to say a really big thank you to everyone who fed back on last week's podcast with Adam. Really pleased that so many of you enjoyed it. Um, of course, a massive thank you again to Adam for coming on. Do listen to it if you haven't had the chance to yet. It's uh, a really good insight into his life as a journalist and uh, a broadcaster following Saints. Particularly want to give some shout outs this week as well, just based on the sort of feedback from last week's episode. So really appreciate everyone getting in touch. That includes Anthony Coombs, Paul in the Canary Islands, Tony who's in lockdown in France, Steve Densham, Liam Curtis down in Mexico, Patrick Fowler who I know listens regularly, Stephen McCullough and John Tilbury in Midlands. Thanks to all of you for getting in touch at some point this week, uh, whether it's been emails or messages through Facebook. I really do appreciate it. It's always good not only to hear your feedback, but I think just to interact and uh, help each other get through this quiet period. Of course, there's still no Saints, as I mentioned, so uh, I don't know about you, but I'm certainly starting to miss that emotional and frustrating roller coaster that we get each week. Um, I think, most importantly, we, of course, need to try and get rid of coronavirus around the world, but I think hopefully we can uh, try and get some football back sooner rather than later. I think for all of us, it'll give us a chance to get away from worrying too much about what might or might not happen. But um, we're still here to hopefully entertain. This week, we're heading back to the late 60s, early 70s, when even Glenda LaCour was fairly young. In partnership with the fabulous Saints Archive, we speak to former Saints goalie Eric Martin. Um, Eric lives over in the States now, and you'll hear from him just in a minute. Outside, of course, of playing with Mickey Shannon, Terry Payne, Bill Beanie, who we should mention because I'm sure he'll be listening. Um, 
Eric had the chance to play alongside both Sir Alex Ferguson and Pele during his career, so I never thought that TSP would have a legitimate connection to both of those footballing legends, particularly Pele, but uh, there we go, good times. Before we get going, I just want to give Leon Burton a, a really big pat on the back. Leon organised the chat with Eric, and uh, having done so, I was keen for him to uh, effectively host the interview, not try and tread on his toes. I think Leon would probably admit himself that it was a little out of his comfort zone, but he did a fabulous job, so just wanted to say good on you, Leon, for doing that. And I'm sure there'll be other opportunities to host in the future as well. So um, let's sit back, relax, enjoy this Total Recall, sponsored by happyhottubs.co.uk. This is TSP 108 with Eric Martin. OK, it's March. What Happy Hot Tub offer can we come up with for our lucky customers this month? Well, we could do nothing for a change. I like it. I think we do so many deals. Nothing. No deposit, no interest, nothing. No, no, I mean... It's perfect. All through March, you can buy any hot tub from Happy Hot Tubs with no deposit and three years interest-free finance. You deserve happy at happyhottubs.co.uk. Excludes free throw range. See website for details. Bobby Stokes. Hit well. Oh, he's there. Stokes has put Southampton in the lead. A great break there for Southampton. And they're all at that Southampton bench. Beating out to this near flank. What a back cross back. to play. Here's Letizia! Who better to say farewell? Yes, it's the latest Total Recall which sees myself, Leon Burton, one half of the Saints Archive Dream Team, joining Ben to chat with another ex-Saint. In this episode, we're going transatlantic as we welcome a man who played 289 games in golf for Saints during the late 1960s and early 1970s. It's Eric Martin. Eric, a warm welcome to Total Recall. Well, thank you. I'm glad you guys didn't forget about me being over here in America, you know. (laughs) Yeah. Eric, let's kick off by whizzing back. Let's go back half a century, shall we? Go all the way back to, say, 1963, the start of your career. Mm-hmm. How did you originally become a goalkeeper? I lived in a small village in Scotland, coal mining village, and we used to play games. And um, and you know how you pick teams. I was the last mm. one picked. <laughs> and somebody says there's only, there's only one only one position left, and that's goalkeeper. I so remember that was that a way way back. So um, yeah. let's move on to 1964, and you were playing in five, and you were playing for Dunfermline. Yeah. Another member in your team at time from that time was the one and only Sir Alex Ferguson. That's correct. Yeah, he was a few years older than me, and um, he was a good player, he was a good striker, scored a lot of goals, and um, I think he went to Rangers after that. Have you got any sort of memories about Sir Alex at that time, Eric? Um, he was just one of the normal guys. Him and his brother actually um, played at Dunfermline. It's nothing special. I didn't realise then who he was going to turn out to be. Did he sort of seem outspoken at that time as well? No, he was just um, just a regular guy. With a couple of good managers there, and I guess that's where he learned his trade from. And no, he would just go out there, do his thing. Well, all did our things. We actually had a pretty good team at the family, and we played in Europe a lot of years. You know. Okay, let's move forward a, a couple of years. So. You had your career with Calvin Beath and Dunfermline. 
And then in 1967, you made the move to Southampton when Ted Bates signed you for, I think it was about £25,000 at that time. Yeah, Ted was um, a shrewd manager. He used to come up to Scotland and get all the, the good goalkeepers cheaply. Truthfully, I didn't know who he was. The manager had firmly come to me because I was out of the team. I'd been injured and somebody else had taken over. And the manager had firmly come and says, um, Southampton wanted to um, come down and talk to um the manager, they want to sign you. And I walked in and he was different. Ted was very different. You know, he just talked football, talked football, and he says, do you want to play here? And I said, yes, and he got the contract out and we signed it. Did it come as a big surprise at that time, Eric? Not really. I knew, I knew what I could do, and I knew I was going to get my players back. But I knew somebody had to be looking, but I didn't know it was going to be anybody from the English First Division. That was the top division, and it still is. You know, it's the Premier League now. It is. When you think of sort of social media and agents and high wages and that sort of thing these days, Eric, transfers are, are fairly transparent. You know, often we know about transfers now before they're confirmed by a club. But, of course, it would have been very different in those mm-hmm. days. So what do you sort of remember about the travel and medicals and signing and the press coverage? I mean, those sort of things. You obviously just mentioned a bit about it with Ted there. But what do you sort of remember about the whole scenario? That I thought was just normal. And then I didn't realise how much the press would just follow you, not follow you around, but just looking for stories. That didn't happen a whole lot in Scotland. Coming to Southampton, first division, and um, that was fun. And then played that first game against Everett, myself, and and Huey Fisher. um, That was his first game at Southampton as well. And actually, Huey is my roommate. For all the years I was at Southampton, we were roommates. Mm -hmm. And I remember we went to Everton that day, and, you know, 0-0 was good. And I remember, I think Huey got a cut on his head and he was trying to get off to the side plane and Ted came out off the bench and pushed him back on. So he never got any treatment for his head injury. What was it like with regards to travel and things like that? I mean, in those days, did you have to make your own way down or how, did you fly down? Did you get a car down? How, how did it all work? I don't know. It was um, pretty modern. And we, got, we just flew down and flew into um, to Eastleigh yeah. and, we got, and we got picked up there and just... Went down to the Dell. Excellent. And how hard was it for you to sort of move away from friends and family? I mean, literally one end of the UK to the other. Well, when you're young and you're growing up, and especially in Scotland, that was your dream to um, play football. That was a big opportunity to leave there and go to your first division team. Even though they were struggling, but I didn't think they were struggling that much. There was still, I think, 11 games left to get so many points and stay up. And I was kind of lucky there. I played all my games in the first division. Yeah. I mean, it was fairly sort of early in your career still, wasn't it? So was uh, uh, playing in England always something you'd wanted to do? Or, was, you know, did it come along a bit earlier than you expected? Or was it just kind of the right move at the right time? That thing was the right move at the right time. Because I was never going to get my players back at the Fairman because the guy was playing really well. And I didn't want to play in, in the reserves for the rest of my life. And when this came up, I thought I had nothing to lose. That's why I moved. We spoke about Ted Bates earlier on, Eric. So yeah. what was your thought of first impressions of, of Ted Bates at that time? When I looked at him, I thought, this guy is, um, he's, he's into football. He loved it. You know, he just kept talking about Southampton, Southampton, Southampton. And, and then when I did, and when we signed it, he went down the, the dressing room with us. I thought I, I was just going to get a uniform and get photographs taken. <laughs> and all of a sudden, he's taking his clothes off and he's been a uniform <laughs> on as well 
and we yeah. went out on the dell up to the Archer's Road ends and firing these balls at me. And I, I remember walking onto the dell that day and I looked and I thought, man, where is the grass? There was no grass. <laughs> it was all sand in the goal areas. <laughs> You know, when you sign at that time, there is um, certainly some characters at the club at the time. Just mentioned a couple. We've got Jim Steele and there's Dennis Hollywood from Scotland oh, and yeah. also great big John McGrath, along yeah. with other world-class players at the time, including Ron Davis. Yeah. There was Terry Payne and Mike Shannon and so on. So, yeah. you know, what, what are your memories of all these characters and all these... Oh, uh, all the guys. Yeah. I remember going out that day with the practice and and I just stood in the goal and did my thing, and then we go into the first game, and we had some guys. I was telling I had the best back four or best defenders. They would take care of anybody. You had Dennis Hollywood, Dave Walker. There was a few quiet assassins. They would have kicked their grandmother. <laughs> and then you had Steely and McGrath, and they would tell the other guys, you know, you're not coming in here. We're going to take care of you. Those back four would mean not mess around. And the guys up front, man, you've got City and Tally and Ron and all them guys. You just got a ball and hit it long. Just, just look for Ron. Because mm. he, would, he, he would win nine balls out of ten. Either flick him mm. on or lay him down. And either Terry would get it or John would get it. And Ron and Mickey would be up front in the box. We gave yeah. up a lot of goals sometimes. But oh, when them guys went on, he scored some goals. I guess, Eric, in those days, I think they're probably the dressing rooms were a bit lively as well at the time, weren't they? Yeah, a little bit. But everything that happened in the dressing room stayed in the dressing room. I mean, we would come in here some days and we were playing so bad. One or two of the players would jump in and say a few things. Mickey always, he always had a comment to make. And he was pretty good. He was probably the last one to talk before we went back out on the field again. Terry was pretty quiet. He was more diplomatic. And you'd go on to make 289 Saints appearances, obviously, Eric, as we mentioned at the start, which is third in our all-time list of goalkeepers behind Tommy Allen in the 1920s with 327, and then more recently Calvin Davis, which I'm sure many uh, modern-day Saints fans will obviously remember with 299. We'll talk about Highbury 1970 in a minute because I know Leon was there and is keen to chat about that game, but some of your most memorable games playing for Saints, Eric? I would think the first one at Everton. I didn't realise how much pressure was on the team with fighting relegation, getting close to the relegation. Mm. And, um, and, and the big crowd, that, that was the biggest thing, playing in front of those crowds. They were so big. You know, we weren't used to that up in the family. You would maybe average 20,000 unless you were playing maybe Celtic or Rangers. They would be bigger. You know, and you go into these big stadiums and they were averaging 30,000, 40,000. Mm. Eric, Ben mentioned... Um Highbury, 1972. A lot of the members keep posting on YouTube that very famous um, match against Arsenal in December 1970. I think it's Boxing Day when the Pritchard's yeah. Club in Snow. And believe it or not, I was there that day. And it was <laughs> absolutely freezing, as I remember. But Eric, you played a blinder and that must have been your Thank best you. ever, ever performance. Um, yeah, I would think so. That. That day was, I mean, it was so cold that day. <laughs> well, you know what like it was. It was just so cold and things weren't happening. I was in the right place at the right time. But I think my body was so cold. I had a pair of cotton gloves and it was soaking wet. You squeezing the water was running out. But actually it helped because I held on to balls. I didn't want to punch a ball. My hands were so cold, my fingers. You know, I was, 
I swear I was going to freaking break my fingers off of a punch one because it was so cold. I don't even know what the material was. I didn't even know who bought them. They just showed up one day and they worked. Because mm-hmm. then the balls were made out of leather. The ball got heavy as well that day. I remember that. It was getting mm-hmm. heavy. The kick as the game went on. And we all it- played in shorts. That was amazing. <laughs> that was a good result that day. I think it that was, was the only game it was played that day. Was it? I can't remember now. It's an mm-hmm. amazing performance by you on that day. So great, great memories, Eric. Thank you very much. Let's go forward a, a little bit, Eric. So I think you were at Saints about eight years, if I, if I recall. Then you made that great move across the Atlantic to Washington Depot Bats, wasn't it? Yeah. Did Bill Beanie play any part in your move going there, <laughs> Eric? Yeah, yeah, Billy. Billy could have been my agent and what he did for me, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, don't tell him I've been looking for money. <laughs> I'd got the free transfer from uh, Southampton. That was a bad day, but that happened. And um, I went on vacation. Actually, I went to the Isle of Wight, I think that's where I went. And I come back and somebody left a message for me to call this number in Washington. And um, I was thinking Washington. I couldn't think. I thought, there's a Washington up by Newcastle. I thought, <laughs> and that's where I thought I was heading north again. But um, I made the phone call and talked to an assistant. His name was Alan Spavin. He told me Bill Beanie had given him the number. And he called me. And he says, would you be interested in coming to Washington, USA, to play the Washington Diplomats? I said, I'm interested. And he said, oh, and by the way, the coach is um, Dennis Violet. And Dennis was with Man United. And he was mm. in Munich here, the disaster. And I flew out there. And Dennis says, come on, come for six weeks and help me out. So I played for six weeks. And Dennis says, you want to stay? I said, sure. And that's what happened. That was a lot of years ago. What was life like living and playing out there during that time, Eric? That was a big city. I mean, you'd go to the capital and it's... You can walk around the streets and nobody knows you. Not like when you're back in Europe, you know, everybody sees you in the seat, talk to you and that. You could walk down the street and nothing happened. And the crowds were, um, then there was a lot of players come over from different countries there. These some great players showed up at the end of their career. Mm. You know, Gordon Banks showed up, Bobby Moore, Pelly, Bestie. They were all there. Yeah. Unbelievable. And great players just finished with the Diplomats when Bobby Stokes who's probably one of our most famous ever players had, had signed for them and I think you just finished mm-hmm. then so your career unfortunately being ended by a, a broken leg but during your time out there as you mentioned you did get to play against the likes of Pele so that must have been something you look back on fondly. Oh yeah actually yeah I played against them he was at New York Cosmos and then in I think it was um, 1976 they were doing the Bicentennial where England Italy and Brazil sent three teams to come to the Bicentennial and didn't have a good enough team in America that time so they called it Team America mm-hmm. and um, I, I got chosen to go on there and Pelly was in there and all these other great players from uh, different countries and I actually got to play against Brazil up in Seattle and um, actually we only lost two nothing which was good <laughs> but Pelly didn't play in the game because I saw him that morning in the game, and he says, Eric, I'm, I'm not going to play tonight. And I says, why? He said, I can't play against my country. And that's why he didn't play in that game. 
Finally, that um, you've remained in the states ever since, haven't you? Um, have you ever come yeah. back to England at all, or do you think you're ever going to come back at one time, or in the oh, future? Oh, I don't know. I'm getting, Leon, I'm getting old. I'm, 70, <laughs> I'm seventy-four in two weeks. I actually enjoy it here now. I just moved houses. I live up in the eastern shore in Maryland. It's very quiet, and everybody fishes, and everybody knows one another. And we just moved this week, actually. Yesterday was the last day we moved to this new house, and the guy who owns a, a big plantation says, there's a house here if you want to go and live in it. So me and my roommate, she says, come on, let's go. So we've got this house and five acres in the country. Wow. So it's a nice place to sit outside at night time. Yeah, before we finish up, we've got a couple of questions from um, the members on Saints Archive, if that's okay with you. We've got a couple of questions. Um the first one is from Martin Borman. He's a massive Saints fan. Um, he writes a few articles uh, about Saints as well. And he's asked me to ask you, can you remember those days at Adele? Just before you, the team kicked off, you had your little warm-up, <laughs> and then the referee blew his whistle for, for the kickoff, and there was a kit man standing on the touchline, and, and you th- always used to throw the practice balls, trying to get the balls in his net. And every time the ball got caught in his net, you had a massive cheer beyond the goal. Can you remember I, those I, days, Eric? Yeah, yeah, I remember that. And that that was amazing how that started off because um, we'd just get the warm up in that, and I used to kick the balls or roll them. And he had this old canvas bag, and he would just put them in there. And one day I threw one, and he missed it, and I could hear the crowd go, "Oh!" <laughs> so I threw another one, and he had the hardest job trying to get this <laughs> ball into this bag. And actually, he loved it. I met him a few times. He, he used to love that. Right? And yeah. I started getting into it. And the crowd <laughs> behind me, because they, they were so close. I could hear them talking behind me. Because they've been making bets. They say, I'll bet you a pint he doesn't get it in. I'll bet you a pint he does get it in. <laughs> people, people were doing that. It's like you scored a goal, Eric, wasn't it? Yeah, it's better scoring them and giving them up. I gave <laughs> up a few goals when I was there. Man, my, my best game was against, one of the best games was against Everton, 0-0. Zero, zero. But one mm. of the worst was um, the eight nothing game. I don't know if you remember. We lost eight nothing. And yeah. I went into practice on Tuesday morning, and the receptionist says, um, "Eric, I've got a, um, a little box here for you, something, a parcel from Liverpool." I said, "Oh." I opened it up, and it was a box of um, minutes called After Eight Minutes. <laughs> you sort of saw my thunder a little bit, um, Eric, there. Um, from Laurie Thurston, oh. he said, don't ask Eric about the defeat at Leeds, 7-0. And he said, what happened? <laughs> you know, sometimes you meet teams and we had some great days when we all played as a team. It was awesome. We, nobody could beat us when we all played together. But then you meet these other teams. And ever on the, that day, I gave up a couple of bad goals and that happens. One of the worst defeats they got was with one of the better teams. When we lost seven nothing to Leeds, I mean Leeds in those days they were unbelievable. And I think they they got the ball one time. I don't think we touched it. They had about thirty passes. Four. That's the, that's the only way we get the ball back when they score. Every time they show that on YouTube, Eric, I turn it off. I can't bear to watch it. Um, I've got right. another, another another question here for another member, Paul Beasley. Um, he asked, "What players did you socialise with?" And Andy Squires asked, "Are oh, you still in contact with any ex-Saints players?" I'm not really in contact unless it's on Facebook and that. But um, myself and Steely, we used to hang together all the time. You know, he was um, I used to ride shotgun, and we would um, 
we were going to visit some drinking halls, some establishments <laughs> for that. But, you know, and I think I remember Shankly called us the alehouse team. Mm. And you know what? There was times we used to go out and, yeah, socialize. But with this team, we were so tight. Some nights we would go out and probably 10 or 11 of the players would show up. And when we would go out to maybe a different bar, even Terry would come. Look like <laughs> little Elvis with silver suit on. He <laughs> did. He go. Let me tell you a story about Terry, real quick. We went to, um, I think it was Hong Kong, and we were playing the national team or something. And outside was this place called Changi Village, which used to be a prison, a war camp, and you could get suits made there for in one day. And Terry come with us, and then he disappeared. They got this. He bought a suit. I think it was for $40. And the guy he, he bought it from showed him this real nice material. And when he got it, he didn't look at it until he brought it back. And we went out one night, and he had this suit on. I mean, this thing was glitter. And he just loved it. That's <laughs> probably where the, the, the Elvis come from, because he, he thought he was it. That was funny. The guys loved him on that. Eric, you do realize that Terry Payne might be listening to this, as he's on Saints Archive as well. I know he's a friend of mine on Facebook as well. I haven't oh, excellent. Um, yeah. Nearly at the end now. I've got one quick question. Kevin Marshall asks, can you remember your best ever save? I can remember my best save was against Wolverhampton Wanderers when Derek Dugan broke away and he was one-on-one. And he hit this ball. And I just threw myself at it. I got a fingertip to it and I went for a corner. Then to make it bad and I always heard Dennis on the near post and one of the guys on the back post and they took the um, corner kick and it come in and I told Dennis leave it I didn't know where to catch it or punch it and it hit my hands and I gave up an own goal so it was the best save the next play afterward was an own goal don't even remember the score of the game but <laughs> I know that was my best save excellent just before we finish up then, Eric, I was just going to ask if you keep your eye on Saints these days and if you do, you know, I don't know whether you get to watch them on telly and the club as a whole, whether, mm-hmm. you know, what you kind of make of them these days and the manager and that sort of thing. We get the games here every now and again. Every time I look up the scores, the first score I look for is Southampton. Last year, you know, it's all getting trouble. I say we, I'm still part of Southampton. <laughs> and um, one of these years is just going to take off. I think the, the, the money killing the game. Mm. There's too much money there. I see some guys make more money in a week than what the whole team made in a year. Yeah. And mm. the other thing I think they've got to do is get more homegrown players. They're going abroad and getting all these players and bringing them over. And Some of these players are... Wow. I'm going to say it. Some of these players would make better actors <laughs> than football players. Mm. So when you look, get knocked over and you're getting rolled around and then you jump right back up. Referee should give one of them a red card and teach them a lesson. Mm-hmm. You, know, you can't tackle them these days. Nah. And the managers over there, well, there's some interesting managers over there. There are not too many um, Alex Ferguson's there these days. Uh-huh. Eric, we just you got, know? it's not a question, but we had a post come through last week from a, a guy called Martin Osmond. Um, it's quite an emotional mm-hmm. post, really. Um, and he said that, can you say to Eric that just watching you at that time, he will never, ever forget it. And those memories will stay for him forever. So that's not a question. It's just like a post from Martin Osmond. 
but no, he just wanted well, me to pass it on to you. Well, tell him thank you very much. I miss that. I have to say, Eric, um, I was only born in 81, so unfortunately I never got to see you play, but my dad started watching Saints in 1956, and when I told him that I was going to be talking to you, he said Eric Martin was one of the best goalies I ever saw. So, yeah, similar sort of memories, I think, from here as well. No, that's, that's real nice. I'm so well, Eric, it's been a, an absolute pleasure having you on this uh, Total Recall with Leon and myself. Um, obviously, a, a happy birthday for a couple of weeks' time now you've mentioned it, and thanks so much for taking <laughs> the time to join us, and obviously for being a Saint. Oh, yeah, always the same. Thank you very much, guys. That's been Total Recall with former Southampton goalkeeper Eric Martin. Total Saints Podcast. Total Saints Podcast. Sponsored by happyhottubs.co.uk. Well, there we go. What a smashing bloke uh, Eric Martin was. And uh, this will be coming out around about the 29th, 30th of March. So, Eric, if you're listening, a very happy birthday again for the 31st of March. Fantastic to have you on the podcast and we wish you well over in America. Thanks again to Leon for hosting it. It was really, uh, you know, a great effort on his part. And uh, I think always nice to talk to people, um, you know, certainly from my own experience. I've not had the opportunity to watch play. It's amazing how much you learn about them and, uh, you know, makes you realise what a fantastic history Saints have beyond the Premier League years. In the meantime, there's plenty of other TSP episodes you can catch up on whether it's Grant Coleman back in episode 60 whether it's our preview of Ralph Hasenhutl joining whether it's our live 100th episode whatever might take your fancy there's 107 to catch up on otherwise keep well keep safe wherever you are in the world let's try and get through this coronavirus challenge together keep indoors keep washing those hands and more importantly keep marching in Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.